let's talk about uh, stuff we watched during quarantine, which by default, anything released in 2020, I think, is a best picture frontrunner, right? All four movies. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, we mentioned Invisible Man. I know we both saw that. It's, as, yeah. as I mentioned, a frontrunner for Best Picture. Elizabeth Moss, uh, Best Actress by default. And probably, you know what, deserving anyways. Deserving for her, yeah, for sure. You were a, I mean, a fan of I, I'm re- the upgrade. Cyborg one. Yeah. Upgrade, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I'll t- I, I've, I've been rewatching. I started rewatching Invisible Man um, just to, to kind of get caught up. You know, kind of see it again and remember it. Uh, I'm trying to remember which. I think I might like upgrade more, mm-hmm. but um, I did definitely loved Invisible Man. I thought it was really well done, and the the terror by just showing an, an empty room uh, was. I thought that was pretty well done. Yeah, that was very reminiscent of the way um, it follows. Use the frame just to kind of build tension and paranoia. If you saw that, where you would just kind of scan the frame and always be on the lookout and I feel like Invisible Man borrowed a little bit of that uh, formula and it was really effective yeah definitely and actually it follows I had never seen until quarantine oh uh, really I just watched it recently Shame. and I I know I've heard so many good things about it and I liked I saw the guest which was the, the next film by that guy right uh no he is not the guest guy it follows guy did under the silver lake the guest yeah. guy is maybe the your next or ready or not. Oh, okay. Adam Wingard is yeah, you're the right. Guest and uh, yeah. it follows is under the Silver Lake guy whose name's David something. David something. Robert Mitchell. Yeah. yeah, there we go. Uh, although those two are like not kindred spirits, but they both have '80s throwback element to it. Where yeah, it follows is clearly kind of like a satire of of the uh, sex paranoia of the 80s movies where you'd have sex and die so they made the monster essentially an std monster which is kind of a clever take on it and then the guest is clearly kind of an 80s kitschy terminator type of home invasion satire almost which which i like, I like both those movies uh even though the guest is kind of insane yeah i guess i've just got them together because um Mike Monroe is in both, uh, and I guess I just thought that was the same director. But uh, I, I will—I have not watched uh, *Under the Silver Lake*. Is that any good? I heard it was kind of divisive. Yeah, admittedly, I have not watched it because it was so divisive. I was psyched for it because of *It Follows*, and then it got bad reviews, and then it had a murky release date, and then by the time it hit streaming, there's no reason I shouldn't have watched it. But it was kind of like because there was no like demarcated, distinct like release to it, I kind of missed the window yeah. of excitement on it and then it just kind of fell to the wayside i've heard people say it's great uh kind of like inherent vice which i also haven't seen but that's the parallel i hear just kind of like a weird stoner big lebowski type thing so maybe i'll revisit it uh because I, I do like it follows but i haven't yeah. seen it honestly okay switching gears have you did you watch onward I did, yeah. I have that on my list. Um, yeah, I think Onward's like the epitome Pixar movie where you watch the trailer and you're like, this is going to be not great. And then you watch it. And I, or at least for me, I thought it was better than I thought it would be, which is kind of standard Pixar where you're like, uh, this is going to be dopey. And I watched it with Liz and we, we really enjoyed it. So definitely a exceeds expectation Pixar type of movie. 
Yeah, agreed. I thought I thought it was really good. Um, they had the same expectations going into like I was just like, oh, it's gonna be Pixar, so it's gonna be good. But I didn't wasn't interested in it. But I, I really liked what they did with the ending, um, and it wasn't a, like exactly how you thought it might go. Oh, the um, father aspect. The father aspect and the brother. Uh, you know, I, I liked what they did with that. Yeah, I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, Caitlin loved it. I think she just rewatched it a ton. Oh, um, nice. Chris Pratt so, was good as yeah. the brother, but there was part of me that felt like that role was written for Jack Black. Because isn't that like Jack a Black, yeah. perfect Jack Black role? It's basically that character's like his tenacious D persona almost. So it was like, or, you know, like a yeah, child friendly. School of Rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, Chris Pratt was good. He he's also has that same type of manic energy that I feel like works. And um, yeah, Spider-Man is always a good spider he's just playing spider-man in a fantasy universe i feel like that's true yeah 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 Yeah, he was good and um um who was the uh who played the stepdad character the the who the the mom is dating oh the cop yeah Uh, off the top of my head i don't know you're better at googling things really quick um, yeah whoever he was he was great I, I, yeah i thought that was great and when he uh he took his hair down or whatever at the end i oh, thought yeah. that was pretty <laughs> pretty good but um i thought it was the um mel rodriguez who plays yeah it is mel rodriguez he was in last um, man on earth yes last man on earth better call saul he's in community um i only remember him from last man on earth not those other two but He's, he yeah. was good in, in that, from what I remember of him. He's got, like, a weird, like, he's, like, Cuban, uh, born, mm-hmm. no, maybe not born Cuban, he's Cuban-American, and he sounds like he's from Chicago. Oh. He talks. He's got, like, a really thick accent. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah. I think nice. he's, like, from Florida, though. I looked this up recently. Oh. Yep, he's from Florida, Miami, whatever. It sounds like he's from Chicago. Or maybe he just, you know what, he reminds me of a character that... Uh, from the Chicago Superfans on SNL. Oh yeah, sure. The Robert Smigel one, maybe just the oh, way yeah. they. Well, actually, Od- Bob Odenkirk from Better Call Saul was in that uh, sketch, I think. Uh, a lot of I don't know why I'm Better I'm... Call Saul references. You want to talk about Better Call Saul? Uh, hey, let's talk about Better Call okay, Saul. Perfect. I, I haven't watched in a few seasons, but I'll I'll certainly. Oh my god, God, it's so good. Yeah. The season five just ended. It was. Probably the last three episodes were probably the best three of the series so far. And I read an yeah. AMA with um, I don't remember the actor's name. He plays the guy who would be Scorpion in Spider-Man. Yeah, Nacho uh, Varga. Yeah, yeah, he plays Nacho. So I, I mean, I watched enough of the first couple seasons to see Nacho introduced, and I liked his character and was interested to see him talk about the show, even though I haven't kept up. Um, so you you yeah. feel like it's kept uh, a high quality level. Has it surpassed Breaking Bad in any way? I don't, mm, I don't know if it's surpassed or not. It's definitely up to that level. Uh, and like Breaking Bad, every, every season is better than the one before it. Uh, oh, nice. And, you know, it, it kind of starts off, you know, less about the drug trade um, and more just about his life as a lawyer and, and doing his doing his schemes um but it slowly kind of merges the two uh because you got mike mike uh, ehrman trout and and stall on the other side they kind of come together uh throughout the throughout the series and especially in season five 
Um, but the next season will be the last one. Oh, okay. it's probably probably won't be for like two years now. Oh yeah, um, it's probably um, a good idea yeah. to have a defined endpoint in mind for a show that's a prequel, though, right? Instead of just yeah. letting it drift on to the point where it wouldn't make much sense to be that long. Or, yeah, I don't know. But there's there's it's amazing like they're so good at what they do with the writing and the directing that there's one episode where I'm legit like it's intense and I'm legit worried for the characters mm. and the characters are in better are in breaking bad. I know they're going to be fine. Oh yeah. So there's, they have plot armor, but it's still like in, very entertaining. And, uh, and a lot of it can be intense and there's some courtroom drama that happens in like the first half of the series. And uh-huh. the la- latter half has more been kind of the more criminal, you know, seedy side of it. Um, that's pretty good. I would highly recommend catching up on that. I'm pretty far behind, so maybe maybe I'll have to do it. I mean, I, I have the time. Have you have you <laughs> watched um, similar vein? Have you watched Ozark at all? Yeah, I watched season three, the one that just came out. Okay, because I, I, I started that in quarantine, and I remember watching the pilot when it came out, and I was like, oh, that's compelling, but I for some reason didn't return to it, and then only. Gave it another shot recently because I think people were talking up the third season. And uh, the writing's good, but there's something that still kind of strikes me about it being kind of like a low-rent Breaking Bad and Justified smushed together. And I think yeah. my biggest issue with it, even though the writing remains like pretty sharp, is that the family's unlikable and i feel like the family when you initially meet them is where the family the breaking bad family is at the end of breaking bad and you don't have that initial attachment to them because they start off as kind of shitty people in ozark because like the people like laura linney and uh jason bateman's character are essentially what walter white and uh what was Skyler Skyler were like at the end where you understood why they were so kind of you know antag- antagonistic to each other but we also remember how they were in the beginning and it was we we they were endearing then and i feel like Ozark doesn't have likable characters necessarily no. because the kids are goobers and tv kids are always goobers so i don't really fault them for that so so the family could be murdered and i would kind of just shrug and move on yeah, it, I definitely get that. Like, I feel like, um, yeah, I feel like what like Jason Bateman's character is. I don't think he really has a personality. He's just trying to get stuff done, and then that something happens. Like, well, we can't do that. Let's do this instead. And then and it's just kind of, it's hard to root for him. You're just like he's obviously the main character, so you want for him to succeed a little bit, but not that much. I don't really get it. Yeah. Um, but Ruth, Ruth, the uh, the teenager that's i like her I yeah know. i would say she's the most re- relatable character and certainly if the show was from entirely from her perspective maybe it'd be more compelling um yeah it's not a badly written show and there are some interesting side characters but the family is not a strong core and i like laura linney a lot and bateman i've you know kind of soured a little bit over the years with all the stuff that's gone on but you know he still could be very good to watch and uh the kids are goobers but that's not their fault yeah i think it's like it's entertaining but it it really seems to be 
uh, a show created by Netflix algorithms. algorithm. I could I could see that because there's like a little bit of all these things in here, and it's not poorly written, and it's not a pure imitation, but they they picked enough, a little bit from enough uh, TV shows to disguise it well enough, and it's like it's fine. I, I just yeah. it just seems like it's been the phenomenon on netflix just under tiger king and when i watched it i was like i don't quite get why this show is as popular other than it's just accessible because of netflix and it's a version of things people like i think it's highly bingeable like uh if it was a week-to-week show i'd be like oh yeah we can watch that we'll get around to watching that but with the binge thing it's like oh there's all these episodes coming up i can watch them all back to back and there's usually some sort of cliffhanger i want to know what's going to happen with the plot but yeah I, I would say it's it's pretty good but i don't think it's anything great yeah i finished the first season and i'm like maybe i'll watch the next season i don't know at some point the the new season of blosh came out so i'll probably watch that instead cause yeah i, like, I gotta like blosh way better yeah i uh yeah bosch is base bosch is it's a known quantity it's kind of like your dad what my dad would probably love the TV show. Like, it's... What? I love that show. You shut up. No, but it is. It is dad. It is a dad cop show, but it's not like a CBS procedural. It's actually like a, you know, a season long arc and story, um, and it is good. Um, I like it. I, I need to watch it. Um, that's on the list for sure. It sounds like you're okay boomering it. That's all I'm hearing. Uh, when I think. You're right. It's a hard-boiled cop procedural, which screams dads for sure. But I think the long-form arc is is more, you know, wire-esque and stuff like that, which appeals yeah. to someone like you and me who like that aspect. And I think Connolly's source material is strong enough and confidently written that when you read his books, you're like... I like the character. It's like, why, why is it so addicting, though? And I think it's just because it's like confidently written in the sense that you read it and you're like yeah i feel like this is a real detective even though it's fiction so it's it may not be like you know it may not hit like breaking bad heights but i feel like it's very reliable and solid which you know sometimes you need that type of no for sure for sure um that's yeah i need to watch that um trying to think there was a show oh well community um it's back on, on Netflix. Netflix, and it's first time I've rewatched that in a, in a long time. Yeah, me too. Um, I've been rewatching and it's, it. It's it's so good. Like the it, the first three seasons. That's what we're, we're in season three right now. Um, are just gold. There's so many great episodes and gags. It it holds um, up surprisingly well. Yeah, it does. I mean, there's still like some like hom- homosexual humor that from from what's the Pierce mostly um that is dated for sure sure um, but that's also his character but yeah. i feel like you you wouldn't see that on like a show these days yeah i mean his, his character is supposed to be awful but that doesn't excuse stuff like that also i mean dan Harmon's kind of a douche as much as his oh, writing yeah. is good it's like i don't really begrudge or you know I, i'm not surprised that there's some things that didn't age super well with with him yeah. being steering the show um yeah i've been re-watching that too we we've been doing zoom D uh which is oh, pretty nice. funny and i rewatched. i skipped ahead and rewatched the D episode which is a particularly good one if you it's if you so good see. yeah yeah um, we did re- that's season two i think we've watched that one recently 
Yeah. Um, so we just did the remedial chaos theory season three episode, which is the uh, different timelines, the darkest timeline. Oh right, yeah. Which everyone um, still kind of cites today. I feel like. Yeah. That gave birth to the the whole like this is our darkest timeline thing. Even though I know that's like referencing other science fiction, I still feel like it popularized that recently. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know it came from anything before. Like. I assume the it's timeline? like a Star Trek or like it just oh, yeah. too much sci-fi material out there that it's probably not, it has to be derived from something. But I credit with community making it like catchphrasable. Yeah. I, I wonder what we're going to do with season four because that's when Hardman left the show and it dipped in quality. Maybe just There's a, cherry-picked good episodes. Yeah, but I do remember there being a few. One written by Jim Rash, who um, plays Dean, Dean Pillman. Oscar Jim Rash. Winner yeah um that would, i remember that would be pretty good but i might just skip to season five i don't remember if i finished season five and then season six was on yahoo and i definitely I, didn't watch that I definitely did not finish it but I, I do like the first three seasons enough to revisit it often uh for sure um yeah. speaking of being well this is way earlier but you mentioned being sports starved and i know you're not a bulls or nba fan but did you watch any of the last dance no i haven't um there's no interest not really, no. I, I think um, I was a Sonics fan in the ni- mid nineties. Oh really? Um, so uh, if they if they go over that the series against them, um, maybe maybe I'll I'd watch that part. Um, but uh, I've I mean people seem to love it. Um, I have like a casual casual interest. Like maybe I'll put it on when I'm bored. Yeah. But I'm not really looking it's forward to it. Very good. It might be the type of thing that trumps. The source material which is weird to say that for sports for you because you'd figure with you sports you'd watch anything sports but it it is like good enough and granted i'm biased as a bulls fan but i do feel like it'd be watchable even if you weren't super interested in the nba or the bulls yeah i think the the, the whole the whole thing with jordan going you know coming back been coming back Bull Phil Jackson and Jerry Krause, whatever his name was. Yeah. That's some some definitely good drama. And of course Dennis Rodman. Yeah, yeah. Rodman's the focus of that third episode that uh, is out tonight. Uh I, I was wondering why Carmen Electra was well, trending on Twitter. Oh, right. Yeah, I forget that was a whole thing. He's yeah. a very eccentric personality. Maybe uh, uh he's probably trending because of that episode and because of his North Korean uh <laughs> contacts with the supposed death of kim jong-un today which yeah I've not heard any more on so we'll see no. if that ever gets yeah. confirmed or not yep um we did uh speaking of documentaries though we did just finish watching mcmillions mcmillions don't know that one that's the hbo documentary series about the monopoly mcdonald's scandal oh it it basically hypothesized that it was impossible to win no um i don't know if it was impossible i think actual people won it but a, a vast majority of the people that won it uh did not actually win it that uh, okay. uh, there was a guy who i read a, i read a really great like long form article about it a year ago uh-huh. i think they're i think they're gonna make a feature film out of the whole story too because it is pretty crazy but i think it, uh, there was a guy who worked at the marketing firm that was in charge of it for McDonald's and he was the security head of security and he found a way to steal the pieces and, and then would give them to someone and and take a cut. Oh, you know? interesting. Yeah, because if and, you win it yourself, it'd be suspicious. That's, at least right. they had that second move to hand it off. 
and I remember, well, there was still like a ton of people on the East Coast that won like Southeast. I think it was mostly in the Southeast. There was like three people in the same area code that won. Uh, so it wasn't like it was weird. Like looking back, some of this journalist was saying like, yeah, I don't know why we didn't think about it earlier. Like three people in this town won a million dollars from this same thing. I think that would have been a little suspicious. Um, and like three family members, they're all like kind of related oh. one. So it, it was, it became pretty clear, but I think they're, they may, they probably would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for someone kind of, uh, coming an informant and telling the FBI, Hey, you need to look in on this. Oh man. Yeah. That does sound interesting. I'll have to look that up. Cause I'm, uh, definitely searching for good documentaries that are not Tiger King. Cause I don't want any more Tiger King. No. Um, but the what was really interesting is like in the nineties, I remember this, like that was a huge deal. The monopoly thing. I remember sure. as a kid that I wanted to get the pieces and, um, but the story of how it was a fraud and it was, you know, this huge fraud case, uh, went away because it was real, the, the news broke on September 10th, 2001. Ooh. And the next day was nine 11. And I think there was, don't every once in a while, don't they periodically talk about the news on September 10th, just cause it was like the day, you know, really every everything on that day was lost to time because of the 11th so i remember every once in a while they'll cite what happened on september 10th just because it's such a odd day in our history for sure i don't remember yeah. if i ever heard that there was a mcdonald's scandal uh, maybe it wasn't the day before but it was definitely like right before 9-11 like early september and then it just kind of went away from our like nation's memory this whole thing so um, then I read that article last year. I was like, this is fascinating. I had no idea. So the, the documentary is pretty good. They do this uh, reenactment thing mm. that is a little hokey. Definitely a little hokey. Like the one glaring, like one that I saw was the FBI agents. There is one FBI agent who's hilarious. He's intentionally so, or in, I mean, he's just a, he's just a wild, like crazy guy. Oh, okay. I'm trying to, and he he was the star of the documentary for sure, um, but uh, there was a, a a reenactment of them like breaking the case open and like what's going on? How is this? How are they able to do this? How, who's involved? And they showed a whiteboard with the word ruse uh, on it with two circles around it. Uh, like you think that's what the FAA agents the would write on the board? Quiet place. Uh, yeah. Board where. It, what is their weakness? Yeah, it's like oh man, this movie's pretty subtle you don't have to be this clunky about that detail um yeah so what where can we find mcmillions uh streaming service wise uh it's on hbo now hbo okay. cool. so hbo regular to, and yeah yeah well, i'll have to look that up if i have another service like that uh yeah that one sounds pretty cool i know you love your share of expose documentaries so i'm sure that's uh up your alley uh we watched the beastie boys documentary Oh yeah, how was that? Uh, it's solid. It's um, it feels a little bit more like a Liz commented. It feels more like a TED talk with hosted by the Beastie Boys, which is a oh. little bit less dynamic than you would expect from them uh, and Spike Jones directing it, since you know Spike Jones is so off the beaten path. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It just feels like a long two-hour TED talk. So I'd say if you aren't super interested in the Beastie Boys. It might lag a little bit, but I think we ultimately enjoyed it. Um, but maybe a little bit more niche 
um, not super accessible if you don't care about the Beastie Boys. Yeah, like I, I like them, but I don't really. I know you're a big fan of them, and I, I, I was just alright with them. But yeah. um, my my brother in law and my sister watched it yesterday, and they didn't. They thought it was okay. Oh, <laughs> there you go. There's another review that probably steers you away from it. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about Tiger King? No, I I think. No, I I mean I think it's pretty irres it's not irresponsible because I've I've you know contributed to the idolization of deranged individuals before so I'm not like vilifying <laughs> uh, or or really calling anyone out for for being this hyped on it because it is truly bizarre but I I do think whereas other documentaries that I've held in this type of esteem with weird individuals there's some counterparts and they're and the deranged individual's behavior is kind of acknowledged as such. Whereas Tiger King is so bizarre that, and there's no real foil to these crazy people. They're all crazy that it just feels kind of irresponsible to like idolize these people. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think it, they are some crazy, like fascinating stuff. Like you didn't know about this world um, to kind of learn about. Oh yeah. It's super interesting. And I, I understand why people are hyped on it. Yeah, but I, yeah, I agree. I, I didn't like any character in, in there except the occasional zoo worker who they, they, they got screwed. Yeah, but I think one of the common comparisons is Werner Herzog's Grizzly Man. Um, but I think the big difference is Grizzly Man is a cautionary tale about a figure like that and the perspectives acknowledging that what he was doing was unhealthy and ultimately led to his death and his girlfriend's death. Whereas Tiger King doesn't feel like a cautionary tale. It just it just feels like, you know, like meth and tigers and Yeah, look lots how of crazy wives. these people yeah. are. Yeah, and at some point it's like, eh, I don't know. This feels weird. So when I heard that there was another I mean I did watch it, so I contributed to this uh whole shenanigans. But when I heard there was like a follow up episode hosted by Joel McHale, I was like, Yeah, I don't really know. I'm yeah. like this is unhealthy to to oh for sure drink. yeah i felt gross after finishing the show i'm just like uh yeah I, um that i definitely did not want to watch the new episode so we, for sure. we're not going but, but i, I mean there were, I, it would like during it it was kind of crazy like what this is insane like i can't believe how crazy this is but then once after like the third episode it just wasn't there wasn't as much and then you just kind of got sick to your stomach about a lot of stuff so yeah i i think watching it is fine because we as you said it is super fascinating and bizarre and it's like a train wreck you can't not watch but when it ends if you kind of move on with your life i think that's the healthy perspective but if you start dressing up as joe exotic and it's like man this dude was not a good person it's like i think you're overlooking like even if this Murder for Hire thing was flimsy. Uh, there's a ton other in that skeletons in the closet for that guy. That I, I like you reading those articles where they said they cut out all the racist and stuff that Joe Exotic would say. It's like, man, this like nobody here seems like a healthy individual. Uh, no. I think that's all the time we should dedicate to yeah. Tiger King. Um, yeah. Any anything else, movie <clears throat> or or TV? Um, well, oh. Uh, have you ever watched BoJack Horseman? Uh, I remember you mentioning that as a recommendation. I have not. I've missed the BoJack train somehow. Because um, everyone, every other person I encounter has one of the polarizing opinions. Either it's it's amazing or oh, it's okay. terrible and pretentious. So I keep getting 
one huh. side or the other, and I never quite get enough momentum from the it's amazing side to to dive in. Or every time I do, someone's like, "Oh, it sucks and it's pretentious and not funny or something." Yeah, uh, I've you know I haven't heard I haven't heard the negative ones as much. Um, I think like I know some people that have started it and just liked it but didn't really stick around with it. But uh-huh. for anyone that's seen the whole thing, all I've heard is rave reviews. It's getting rave reviews from like critics and stuff. Um, so I, I finally started it and I love it. It's, it's, it's pretty amazing. Actually. It's, it starts off as just kind of like a zany comedy and it's a lot of, uh, meta jokes about Hollywood uh-huh. and, and the entertainment business, which is, uh, you know, I enjoy. Um, but it really dives into some serious topics like depression, gun mm-hmm. control, mm-hmm. uh, me too movement. Oh. There's a lot of stuff and it's like, can it's, you, it's can you give me intense. a comparison show? You know I love my comparisons. I'm sorry. Mm, I, know to, I know you hate comparisons, but I. I... But I, I would say like the the comedy can mm. get like a little like Simpsons and mm. um, Rick Rick and Morty a little dirty, like Rick and Morty. Mm. Not crazy sciency, but um, just kind of gross a little bit. Yeah. Um, but there's there's some insane, like, the writing and the, some of the jokes are. I think you'd actually really like some of the jokes that are very, you know, Hollywood based, but also a lot of play on words and double entendres and, and tongue twisters. Amy, Amy Sedaris plays uh, a cat mm-hmm. who's the, who's the agent for Bojack Horseman, who's voiced, voiced by Will Arnett. And they, at one, one episode, they gave her like a tongue twister. So she had to like say all these words together. That was just must've taken a long time to do. And she nailed it. Amy Sedaris nailed it. So now they try and make these uh, just really hard just tongue to twisters just to mess with her. Yeah. yeah, she's a pro. I was, I was sad her character on The Mandalorian was a one-off because we were psyched to see her. Uh, Where was she in The Mandalorian? What she played the random mechanic that took care of. Bang oh yeah, 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 for a while and had the. She basically wait. Was that's dressed... that's not Amy Sedaris. That's isn't that someone else? Uh, no, that's Amy Sedaris. Unless I'm like really having a having a senior moment here. Tig Nataro, I think Nataro, isn't it? No, that the Mandalorian is Amy Sedaris. I don't know if Bojack Horseman is Amy Sedaris, but Amy Sedaris, Strangers, Strangers with Candy, Amy Sedaris, David Sedaris's sister. Yeah. Okay. I got. I got. You're right. Uh, So Bojack is. Chignataro or Amy? No, Sedaris? no. Bojack is Amy Sedaris. Oh, okay. uh, I, I didn't realize. I got it mixed up in. Um, yeah, she's got Ripley hair. She's basically dressed like Ripley in The Mandalorian. It's kind of hard to recognize her. Uh, yeah, but that's right. She's always a. She's always been a chameleon. Uh, cool. Well, yeah, I like Amy Sedaris. I would be up for watching that if if it's really a strong recommendation. Yeah. Oh, and Aaron Paul plays like uh, the the like idiot roommate of bojack horseman who just lives on the couch and he just he just kind of lives in his own world and uh his own todd world uh and a lot of his a lot of his side stories are amazing oh nice um yeah actually i'll, I'll give you a little taste of uh the second episode mm-hmm. i think it was the second episode it had like a very seinfeld setup where uh bojack goes to the grocery store <clears throat> and he sees his muffins sitting in the produce aisle and he's like oh okay i was gonna grabs some fruit but I'm, these muffins look good grabs and puts them in his cart this seal um whose name is larry mcbeal the navy seal uh. <clears throat> he comes out and he's like oh no those are mine 
He's like, what do you mean? It's like, those are mine. It's like, I went, I had to go to the bathroom, so I had to put them somewhere. It's like, so you put them in the middle of the produce section? <clears throat> and he's like, yeah. It's like, well, that doesn't mean anything. I'm taking them. <clears throat> and, you know, Larry McBeal, the Navy SEAL, had just come back from Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. And he goes on the news, which is MSNBC, S-E-A, MSNBC. And it's Keith Olbermann voicing uh, as a whale anchorman. And he is trying to do some gotcha journalism on bojack and he gets gets him on and interviewing about the muffins <laughs> and and tries to play up that larry mcneil navy seal just got back from a tour of afghanistan and he just wanted to go store and try his favorite muffins and uh that's just that's just the setup i don't know you should, it's very I, i'm not larry selling david. it right no it, yeah it's it, larry it david does sound very funny but i'm just imagining it as a curb episode because I, I don't have the bojack yeah knowledge. that is that is a good equivalent it is a good curb episode um but and then he bojack ate all the muffins <laughs> and then and just despite uh, him yeah he did just despite him hey, and then they made a big deal about the fact that bojack ate like 12 muffins like that's not <laughs> healthy why are you eating 12 muffins nice nice yeah, yeah i would highly recommend that yeah comedy's all delivery so it's sometimes hard to tell comedic setups without all the elements and stuff but it does yeah. sound funny for sure all right so bojack is a recommendation i'll, I'll have to add that to... i'll do um yeah are you do you have a list of things you got uh of like you've been watching or i mean we i don't think we watched a ton we're revisiting lost which uh is always... don't sh- shake your head come on <laughs> now well no i i know it's just a very not touchy subject, but there's yeah. it's a loaded subject with us. That's the only reason I shake my head. I don't <laughs> dislike Lost. Obviously, I wouldn't watch it. But uh, where are you yeah. guys at right now? Uh, we're about maybe twenty episodes into the first season, so still, oh, okay. still early on. I mean, we'll we'll just every once in a while hit it. Um, yeah, I don't know. We haven't really been watching too much. We've been playing a lot of Animal Crossing when we're not working. Oh yeah, that might have eaten up some of our watching time. Yeah, yeah I think. The only shared show we have is Terrace House, which is uh, the Japanese version of the real world that we we really like. <laughs> that's that's kind of outstanding. We've we've long been a fan of that on Netflix, where it's like I don't know if you're familiar with that, but the setup is basically the real world, like the American real world show from MTV, yeah. um, where they just have three men and three women live in a house together. But because it's in Japan, like the conflict resolution is so much more diplomatic and healthy. And instead of fighting, they, they often just sit at the dinner table and encourage each other to achieve their dreams and stuff. So it's very like <laughs> therapeutic for us to watch people like cheer each other on and resolve conflicts in a healthy manner. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd say that's something we always enjoy watching. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think uh, other than that, I mean, we should be watching Westworld. We haven't got around to that. Yeah, it's pretty good. I just I watched episode seven, the second to last one of the season um, tonight. Um, you don't it's pretty good. Aaron, over the moon about it though. Um, well, I think a lot of people didn't like season two because it was too trippy and uh, and you know wonkiness with the timeline. And I love that kind of stuff. So they kind of uh, came back from that. So there's not a lot of crazy oh, timeline stuff. There is some still. There's still some twists and stuff, but it is more a little more grounded and easy to follow easier to follow um but i like it and it, it just got renewed for season four so we'll be back hmm. we'll um, be back in 2027 yeah because those seasons took long enough to begin with and now add in 
the Corona modifier and it probably won't be season four won't be in our lifetime. Let's just acknowledge that. It's, yeah. Um, um, have you watched Extraction on Netflix? It just came out like two days I, ago. I wanted to because I was like, man, this looks like standard Michael Bay garbage. But then I was like, but Hemsworth is compelling enough to watch. And then when I like did some research, I was like, oh, it's directed by a stuntman. So I was like, is this kind of like a John Wick light in a Michael Bay setting? And yeah, I intend to watch it. I just haven't got around to it. Yeah, um, I I started watching it and just had to stop for whatever reason. I'm like halfway through, uh-huh. and uh, early review. It, early early uh, review is that it's actually pretty good. Uh-huh. Um, it's very basic, like it's kidnapping extraction. Lot that's it. But it is it is a John Wick esque kind of thing where there's some pretty good action. Um, there's one big chase scene that is all they all done in like one take kind of remind me of um the raid two in that Mm. car chase and like the camera goes out of the car in the car out of the car oh yeah yeah i I think i read about that in a review and was interested in that too it just if if you don't do the research though i feel like it just looks like another peter berg michael bay movie that they pump out every year but there is those like elements like Hemsworth and a stuntman directing it that were like in- intriguing enough for me to check it out. Yeah. One of the Russo brothers wrote the screenplay. Um, oh it's yeah. Produced, that's, it's that produced by them too. I forgot that was initial in- intrigue element that the Russo brother, but they're produced. They get that producing stamp gets thrown on weird stuff like the 21 bridges or what, or whatever. Yeah. You know, it was like some of the stuff was like, eh. um, yeah, yeah. He, he's the director did stunts for, and Avengers movies and Atomic Blonde and probably uh, I don't see John Wick but he's obviously done, I don't think he's directed anything I'm right that's sure. what that was my John Wick comparison was that wasn't uh, David Leach and the other half of the, the I forgot who the it's David Leach and somebody directed co-directed um, John Wick one and both of them were stuntmen turned directors who and that was their first feature maybe that's kind of why it reminded me of that and and the action was so good that i was like maybe they should let more stuntmen or choreographers take a shot at it if that improves the the action element yeah it looks like he um he's been in every russo um marvel movie and he was in the first in winter soldier he was captain america's stunt double oh nice yeah, Maybe. so he's been around, and then that's why I guess they they're backing him for this. But and from what I've seen, the the first part was pretty good action. A lot of um, a lot a lot of gunplay, like um, like John Wick too. Yeah, I, yeah, Wick I, I, I want to watch that, so I'll have to bump that up the uh, the line and get to it soon. Since I mean, it doesn't seem like there's anything else coming out, even streaming, anytime soon that I can think of. Mm, yeah, I don't. Um, there's a, a new horror movie that came out, The Lodge. That's supposed to be come out uh, on demand soon. Um, Lodge is that the one with Carrie Russell or is that Antlers? That's Antlers. What's that one Lodge? got pushed back? The Lodge is. Is that it has it has Riley Keough? I was gonna say and... is that Elvis's granddaughter? Yeah. Okay. I remember the preview for The Lodge, and I kind of mixed it up with Antlers. So it's Riley Keough and maybe a kid. That's yep. zest or something. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, got, I think it got pretty good reviews, but it was just at Sundance and it's going to get released uh, 
released digitally sometime. Did you see Vivarium? I did watch that. Um, It was just a okay Black Mirror episode. Oh, okay. I haven't watched it, but somebody had mentioned it to me, and I was like, maybe, maybe not. So not super. It's fine. Kind of the us us pitfall where it just felt like a long-form Black Mirror or Twilight Zone episode. Sure. I thought us was a lot better than this, but yeah. Okay. Um, this I mean, this was just like I, if it was a Black Mirror episode, I'd say like it's a middle of the road Black Mirror episode. Yeah. Did you watch uh, Emma or Underwater, the other two of four movies released this year? <laughs> uh, I have not watched Emma. Um, I heard that's pretty good. Did you watch that? I did. Yeah. We we went on a weird period piece binge, which I don't know what was behind it. Um, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. I want. I wanted to watch that today before this because I was like, I gotta watch this. I feel bad I haven't. Um, so that was on my list. I don't know why I haven't watched that. I, everyone raves about it, and I'm probably gonna watch it like tomorrow. Um, but no, we were doing weird period pieces and their modern counterparts. So we watched Emma and then Clueless and then Ten Things I Hate About You, which Tame Me the Shrew. I don't think that had a period piece. We were we were doing weird jumps. We were watching like Pride okay. and this and stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. I really want to watch uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. I think that's the next one I'll watch above everything. Cause... Yeah, I would love to hear what you think of that. Um, oh, you watched it already? Yeah, I watched it. Um, Were you withholding your thoughts, or you can't quite articulate what you thought? It's a it's a great movie. Uh, okay. Uh, it, but... I feel like it may have been in my top ten. Oh. No, it's it's more like a, but I can't believe how much I loved it. Oh, okay. Like it's a it's the period romance, but it's really well made and beautiful. And photography looks stunning. Yeah, and some of the some of the moments in it are just kind of like, like uh, heartwarming and and also sad. And and the acting is really good. It's I don't you know I don't know. It's it's a really well made. It's just a great film, mm. <laughs> and I. It's not something I I thought I would have liked, but I just saw all the good reviews for it. And... Oh, the French can be a little pretentious sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I'm embarrassed I haven't seen. I, I really had no reason not to, and it's like been the movie I need to watch. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll bump that up and and watch it, especially because it's on Hulu now, which is extra convenient for all those people out there with Hulu accounts. That's out there, and Hulu also snapped up. Uh, four of Jun Ho Bong's old movies and right. uh, well, Parasite, Host, maybe Memories Mother, of Murder? maybe Mother. Memories of Murder or Mother, and maybe Barking Dogs Never Bite. It's it, Memories of Murder or Mother are one or the other of those two. Uh, I think got snapped up, and they're all <laughs> worth watching except for Barking Dogs Never Bite. It kind of feels like a rough draft movie that I don't really think people need to watch. Okay, I need to watch Memories of Murder and and Mother. At the, at yeah, watch those. They're both very good. Memories of Murder is a really nice counterpart to Zodiac. I, I think you'd see if you watch those in tandem, you'd see a lot of its influence on Zodiac. And then Mother is 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 a very bizarre but compelling movie with a really great uh, lead performance. Uh, that that actress whose name escapes me is like. It, like basically Tony Collette's it I feel like where she, her performance was never going to get recognized but she turns in one of those kind of tour de force Tony Collette like performances where you're just like that was 
pretty much every emotion you can summon in one in one movie. Uh, nice. You did see yeah. underwater. I remember you saying, yes. and you were kind of ho hum. I think you six out of ten did. Yeah, six out of ten did. I thought it was. I thought it was. It was a decent like B horror movie. Yeah, I, I put it maybe a little bit above a six out of ten just because I was uh, refreshed by some of the pitfalls and tropes it avoided. Mm-hmm. But I don't disagree with you. It's it's just kind of a B horror movie. Uh, but I did appreciate like the lack of a betrayal or a human antagonist. Like those are so common yeah. in those type of movies that they just feel like they're unnecessary. Um, and by the end, I was like kind of a little bit higher on it than I thought it would be uh, when it turns into kind of a backdoor Cthulhu movie, weirdly enough. But uh, yeah, other than the presence of T.J. Miller, which when I looked it up, they filmed uh, the movie before his whole <laughs> scandalous uh, year. So I don't blame the movie for including him without the knowledge of all that stuff. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah, um, he did. Well. Spoiler alert, but he did have a pretty horrible death. Yeah, I, I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't mad about that, <laughs> and uh, I was very intrigued to spoiler see that. Uh, um, not what the hell is his name? Not Clive. Owen. Vincent Cassell. There we go. I don't know why I was calling him Clive. Vincent Cassell was not the secret bad guy. Like I was like, oh, Vincent Cassell is going to betray them and be the secret bad guy at some point. And he wasn't, you know, it's like having Patrick Wilson in a movie where you're like 900% sure he's going to be the secret bad guy. And it's like, <laughs> okay, movie. It's like, I'm not going to be shocked when Patrick Wilson's the secret bad guy. Um, so, you know what? Thanks for putting a secret bad guy in there and having him, you not know, be a secret bad I, guy. Uh, this is, you've brought the secret bad guy thing up a few times and I don't, um, in Mission Impossible Fallout, you thought Wes Bentley was going to be evil. Yeah, uh, I appreciated that too. That's another <laughs> playing against type reverse secret bad guy move. And I, it's refreshing to me. I, I, I don't, it's not something I don't want in a movie. Like, I, I just think that certain people are typecast so much that they insert them in movies where it's a twist that they're the villain later. And it's like, it's going to be them. Like, Patrick Wilson has been in like five movies in a row where he's like, like hokey dad like hey everyone and, and then it's like you're gonna be the villain in the end and then really by the end, he's movies? like eating babies and you're just like mm, like uh <laughs> most recently i can think of aquaman it's the only thing i can think of <laughs> most recently there's this movie called in the tall grass or tall grass or oh yeah yeah the stephen king or his son's short story i think was yeah. the basis of it and basically exactly what i described to you happens like patrick wilson's like this hokey dad and then by the end he's like i don't know if he's literally eating babies but he's you know got like he's talking like cult nonsense by the end okay. it's just like well i didn't see that coming <laughs> patrick wilson i don't know. he's just one of those people who if there's going to be a third act betrayal or villain reveal it's probably going to be patrick wilson and it's not going to be surprising that's cool. I guess I did have the same reaction to Ben Mendelsohn and Captain Marvel, where he wasn't the bad guy. Yeah. He, he, although he was not, he was portrayed to be the bad guy at first. So it was there like was a, an actual reversal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I like when people play against type. It's it's refreshing. Uh, Mendelsohn was was good in in uh, Captain Marvel for sure. Yeah. Definitely. Um, uh, should we talk about devs? Oh man, I, yeah, but I, I haven't finished it yet. <gasps> what? I know. I there's like this point where it again it may 
if if, uh, if I kept a calendar, which you know I don't, um, <laughs> <laughs> it would probably coincide with the release of Animal Crossing. That oh our, yeah, that our uh, viewing habits became very. Um, we'll watch like an episode of something at dinner and Liz doesn't watch devs. So it kind of fell out. Um, I don't, once I heard you and Sam raving about when the season ended, I was like, I gotta watch it. And I just, I don't know. I'll move that up with, um, portrait of a lady on fire to the top of the queue. How far are you in to devs? Uh, probably the third or fourth episode. Oh, okay. How many episodes are there? Like eight or 10? Eight, I think. Okay, so let's say about halfway. So I don't think I understand the scope of what's going on, other than some early previews of the machine's implications of historical moments and being able to question mark them. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so my my knowledge of it is pretty limited, I'd say. But I'm excited by the fact that people, everyone who's finished all eight all eight episodes, said it delivered on a on a cool take on whatever is going on hmm. yeah, Spoil- it, were there free thoughts uh, i thought it was amazing um it's definitely one that i'm going to rewatch. um it's it's just a great it's a mini series i don't like it in another season it's, i think it's oh, just a one really? and done it's, it's a closed circuit oh okay for the most yeah um i think that's the plane at least who knows if they'll actually try and do something i think um i don't think he would want to do that um what's his name Alex Garland, yeah, Garland probably wouldn't doesn't want to do sequels. I'm guessing. No, um, he doesn't seem super interested in them. Yeah, um, no, it was. We'll we'll have to talk about it when you're done because it's okay. uh, it's it's just it's really cool and it's very you know very smart sci-fi, just like what you'd expect from Garland. Do you think it's the best piece of sci-fi he's produced? Even stuff he's written. I know you you're not as high as on sun sunshine as sam and i are but you know like ex machina or yeah or uh, um i think yeah i don't know i might like this more than ex machina Ooh. i don't know ex machina would be up there though um that's probably sweet, number sweet one dance scene though yeah exactly Tearing up the uh, dance i haven't I ha- yeah i have not rewatched annihilation um i remember liking it but i didn't like feel like i loved it um but yeah, as far as like directing, um, I think Devs is probably the best writing. This or Ex Machina, um, and he also wrote Twenty Eight Days Later too. Um, he wrote most of. He wrote the beach. He wrote the book for the beach that eventually yeah. became Danny Boyle's. For, he wrote most of the Boyle scripts early on, and then jumped over um, to direct for uh, Ex Machina. Even though uh, Carl Urban has outed him as the secret director of dread so technically yeah he did dread ex machina uh annihilation and then devs if you want to unofficially count dread is his movie yeah yeah i forgot he wrote he was involved with dread as he wrote it at least but he wrote yeah. it and then supposedly the the uh lionsgate or whoever was in charge took it away from travis somebody Pete Travis. I can't remember the director's name. It was taken uh, away from yeah. And supposedly uh, Garland reshaped the movie and reshot some stuff. So Carl Urban has urged people to to consider it uh, Alex Garland's movie. So wow. he says. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, sorry, I can't give a dev's opinion. That's uh, all right. We'll have to do. We'll do this later and yeah. uh, catch nice. up on some more stuff. Did you ever watch uh, Watchmen? The same series? same deal. Uh, well, that one, I watched just the pilot, I think, and then something. And I remember talking to you and Sam about it. Um, and then you both, or at least Sam, strongly liked the later season stuff, and I think you did too. Yeah, I can't remember if Sam watched it all, but uh, yeah, I loved it. I think it's it's really good. Okay, that's yeah. another one. I think devs are more in, drawn to watch, but I'll I'll have to watch. Um, I'll have to watch uh, Watchmen. Watchmen was kind of a plex issue with, as I've. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, whereas you like have something... a, did you have a Chromecast yet down there? Or are you still yeah. using the PlayStation. No, still using PlayStation. We Chromecast upstairs, so if we watch something together, we'll Chromecast it. But I don't really watch stuff alone up there. So something like that, I'd probably watch down here, which is kind of the issue. Um, but devs being on Hulu, uh, I will definitely uh, uh, finish soon, hopefully, I would say. Um, Watchmen is Lindelof or, or mm -hmm. Crew? Uh, Lindelof. Okay. And... I know you. Cruz does Jack Ryan and a bunch of other shows. Yeah. Okay. I, I sometimes mix up the lost writer acolytes and where they ended up and which one you champion. You you like who who did um, the end of the world show that I also need to watch. Yeah, leftovers. That was um, that was Damien um, Lindelof. Oh, okay. So you've you've really liked his post. Or Damien Lindelof. Yeah, no, I've I've loved. Uh, yeah, I think Leftovers is one of an amazing show, and I think I might like Watchmen better, but I'll have to rewatch both. Oh, really? Because you're always talking about uh, the Leftovers, so. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. Watchmen uh, is going to be a. a they're not going to move to a sequel right now. They might later, but um, right now it's just like a mini series. It's it's pretty good. All right. Well, that's certainly that aspect of devs and. Watchmen is kind of intriguing that it won't be this like sprawling thing. It makes me kind of watch it, want to watch it more if it's just like a closed, long form yeah. movie almost. Yeah. All right. You want to sure. do trivia? Yeah, let's do trivia. Yeah. All right. I, I think I emailed you the stuff. Mm -hmm. So, uh, oh, so it is a movie endings uh, episode as always. This was originally going to be for our 1917 review, so it's a war themed. So it'll see, ran it'll see random uh, today, but uh, if you're wondering why there is a war movie theme, that is why, for because it was for our 1917 review, which we never got around to. Uh, what what letter grade would you give 1917? I'd probably give it an A or A minus. I'd probably um, give it an A minus. It's great. I don't have anything bad to say about it. I don't know why I'd give it an A minus. <laughs> yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Me neither. I loved it. Um, maybe just because it's, it's 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 its own thing. Like I think, you know, te technically, it's just it's an A plus. Um, you know, yeah. story and character wise, it's probably maybe brings it down a little bit. But... Yeah, maybe that's a good way of putting it. I think, it's, I don't think it's gimmicky the way they shoot it, in the sense that people have kind of knocked it for that. But I think you're right in the sense that technically it's an A plus, but because you shoot it like that, there is some elements of the performance that suffers a little bit. 
Mm-hmm. So maybe that's like a B plus and together they make an A minus. Um which no. I don't have a problem with. I, I'd rather have someone do something technically daring like that than just another random war movie. So it would have been in my top ten of the year for sure. I don't yeah. know where. It wouldn't have Me jumped too. Parasite. It's the only real significant thing I could say about it. Uh, yeah, so we get ten war movie endings, and they'll get progressively harder. And whenever you're ready, question one. Hey, Hilt! the great escape all right uh question (laughs) two Braveheart. Okay, question. But am I come? Is that yeah? Okay. I think it's safe to say you're probably right. Yeah. Question three. How much do you have? Twenty-three million. Where's that? No. Get those people over first. They helped us find it, Ron. We made a deal. It's a soldier's honor. You can't fuck them now. Come on. Return the gold. Save some refugees. Get that star. Let's go, Doug. Oh, man. The Monument Men? Oh, wait, no, no, no. Three Kings. No, okay. I was like, eh, that's not <laughs> a bad guess. Monument Uh Question four. You got something you bitch? I think this just might be my masterpiece. Uh, Inglorious Bastards. Okay. Question five. Captain John H. Miller. Tell me I have led a good life. What? Tell me I'm a good man. You are. Private Ryan. Okay, question six. What sense of hope or satisfaction could a reader derive from an ending like that? So in the book, I wanted to give Robbie and Cecilia what they lost out on in life. 
I'd like to think this isn't weakness or evasion, but a final act of kindness. I gave them their happiness. I think atonement is that one. It's probably a solid guess. Okay. Okay. Seven. Question seven. A warrior goes to you swift and straight as an arrow shot into the sun. Welcome him and let him take his place at the council fire of my people. Yezunkas, my son, tell him to be patient and ask death for speed. For they are all there, but one. I, Chingachka. I'm gonna guess. All right, I'm gonna go with dances of wolves. Question A. Subject to the requirements of the service. Well, Stephen, the bird's flightless. Yes. It's not going anywhere. and commander mm, great underrated movie question yes. nine Padre. habéis derramado vuestra sangre antes que la de un inocente esa era la última prueba la más importante alteza venid a mi lado y sentaos junto a vuestro padre que tan largo tiempo os ha esperado There's clapping and there's a woman talking, so I'm going to go with Evita. Okay. Uh, and the last one, question 10, the hardest one. Initial guess is Warhorse. Oh wow! Nice. Yeah, that's, 
That's a good pull. You are correct. It is Warhorse. It sounded like a John Williams score, oh, okay. and there was the sound great... of a sound of a horse. Oh, I did okay. watch. I think I did watch it recently, uh, for the first time ever. It's a good in pull. Last, like six months. Yeah. Fortunately, not a not a hundred percent on this round, but Warhorse is a pretty oh. solid pull. Was it Evita? That was wrong. Uh, there's two. You can you can. I'll let you register. Yeah. Some guesses for Evita and Dances with Wolves. I would okay. advise you to revisit maybe. Plus the Mohicans. That sounds like a better guess. Yeah, that was I was between the two. Okay. Um, and then I don't think yeah. And then Vita, Vita. Okay. I, I don't even remember Vita. It's not a Vita. I can tell you. <laughs> it's a movie that came out <laughs> the same year as another movie that we both love. That starred Clive Owen. It's not that movie, but. I watched it as a double feature. I drove to Chicago to see this movie, oh, wow. and that movie is a double feature when I lived in Madison because they were coming out a week early. Um, so that's 2006. Children of Men. That's a good. Uh, that's a good. What else came out then? Guess. I mean, you're right in the movie I'm talking yeah. about. Is Children of Men. Let me listen to it one time. Spanish yeah. derived from Spain. Yeah, yeah. It's, no, it's from Mexico. It's, it's Del Toro's movie, Pan's Labyrinth. It is Pan's Labyrinth. It's not Mexico? It's Spain? I mean, what? Del Toro's Mexican, but the movie takes place in Spain. Oh, okay. It's during the Franco era in Spain, so... Right. Yeah. Sorry to clarify. Uh, Pan's Labyrinth, yes. Yeah, all right. Well, yeah, let's give you the perfect 10 out of 10 with them. Get my Jeep. Yes, it is coronavirus ridden, but <laughs> you can have the Jeep Wrangler. It is infected, though. Uh, mm. You have to pick I it got... up yourself. Well, I'm already eating Lysol, so I'll just uh, use that to wipe it down. Nice. I, too, have been ingesting sunlight daily and, and mm. eating the sun. And I can I've... tell by your tan. Yeah, I... I'm so white. I mean, I'm white to begin <laughs> with, but this is particularly bad as a yeah. result of quarantine. Same. But I'm on my way to becoming a sun god, so jokes Ooh. on you. <laughs> All that sunlight I'm ingesting at the behest of our fearless leader. Do you have a so you have like a lot of assignments to do, like a lot of stuff to watch? Um, do you have anything to to suggest to me to watch? I think my big thing was going to be bringing in portrait of a lady on fire and being like oh i really <laughs> and then you beat you you inverted it and did it to me so now i feel like uh how about give me give me one of a, a one bang ju ho movie so you've only seen parasite have you seen the host i've seen the host parasite and snow piercer i think i feel like memories of murder is a masterpiece but it is has a dated aspect to it and then i've watched mother and i was like mother is so weird but it's so good and striking that as okay. long as you kind I... of or if as long as you know his movies and that they have the kind of eccentric focus and characters i think mother's kind of a a masterpiece on its own i remember seeing master uh, mother in theaters and i was like man i don't know what to think of that um it's kind of got that effect but rewatching it since it is really good. I think that's the n- next best of his movies. Even though for years I, I was like, "Memories of Murder" is like his 
masterpiece more or less but I, I think memories of murder is still awesome it's just a slightly more dated at this point i do love zodiac though the movie. then yeah then maybe memories of murder it's just it's gonna seem a little dated it's got all the junho bongisms like random jump kicks and goofiness <laughs> but okay. um yeah that one is probably the earliest you can tell that he's a better than just a standard genre director i think when you watch that movie even now it's like this and and also it's got uh kang ho song who makes pretty much anything watchable not that he needs to elevate this movie because that movie is that good so yeah probably memories of murder it's fantastic i I remember finding it when i was at video station and being like who the hell is this guy and uh, obsessing over him since then um yeah, I'm sorry I don't have more recommendations. I kind of slacking on Animal TV. Crossing. That's what you recommend. I, the game is definitely not up your alley, but sure. <laughs> um, and I've been playing Final Fantasy VII Remake, which also oh, yeah. is not your cup of tea. So I have. I've heard that's really good, though, right? Yeah, they did a good job updating it and adding some new things without it being kind of jarring. So for sure, uh, I'll work on watching some more TV and movies next time we do this. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll try to stock up on some recommendations and and i'll watch devs so we can talk about that and portrait of a lady on fire that would be my my homework is to knock those two out and maybe watch some stuff so i'd have a recommendation for you excellent all right dude good to catch up glad to hear you you two are doing well yeah Um, same to you guys same with your parents and and meg's doing okay and it sounds like Mm -hmm. that crew you're all your family good too right yeah kara's in staying with them in madison she came back from okay because they closed down school yeah uh, app, app states you know online or closed for the rest of the, the school years all right uh we didn't really intro this but uh we're Let's mandatory reshoots signing off in our quarantine episode uh connor from seattle and eric from chicago all right uh stay safe thanks for everyone. listening mom yeah <laughs> thanks for listening and, and remember 5g is not causing the coronavirus yeah. 5g's okay